MSW Media. Thanks to Athletic Greens for supporting the Daily Beans. Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Just go to athleticgreens.com slash dailybeans to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Hello and welcome to the Daily Beans for Friday, November 11th, 2022. Today, the House and Senate are still up in the air as we wait for vote counts from Arizona, Nevada and California. Judge Mehta pushes Pete Navarro's trial to January. Alex Jones is now on the hook for $1.4.5 billion in the Sandy Hook defamation case. A judge orders Trump and Lena Haba to pay sanctions for their idiot lawsuit against Hillary Clinton. And Twitter is tanking fast. I'm Allison Gill. And I'm Dana Goldberg. Hey, Dana. Happy Friday. How are you? I'm good. And yeah, you were talking about Twitter. Twitter's going down faster than Marjorie Taylor Greene in a gym bathroom. Thanks. I'll be here. (laughs) I'll be here all week. (laughs) Tip your weight, staff. Oh, goodness. We have a lot to go over today. We'll give you some election updates. We can talk about that a little bit. I'll be traveling this weekend, but uh, you'll still get all your beans. Don't worry. We're taking, though, we're taking the last week of December off from Christmas to January 2nd. We'll be back. So just want to let everybody know that there will be no shows like it's a like normally I'll be like, I'll record some stuff and send it out. But all of my editors, everyone's gone. The whole team is gone. So there will be no shows. I will probably record some little video updates, put them on, you know, Midas Touches YouTube channel or over on the Patreon page. But there will be no regular shows that week. But we will be back in the new year. and. Election season is over, Dana. Oh, God, I'm so glad. Like, obviously, a lot of us are still stressed waiting for some of these outcomes. But I am so glad my phone's not blowing up anymore. Like 15, 20 text messages a day from people asking for money. My money's going down to Warnock. And I feel great about that. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah, totally. Although he's at 49.6%. While the time we're recording this, if they find more votes, like if more votes come in and he hits the 50%, I know that that's false hope. It's it's a ways off, but maybe there won't be a runoff. I don't know. Is it still possible? There's still enough votes out in Georgia? I don't know. We'll see. But, you know, the the end of uh, election season here means the beginning of DOJ season. Yes. Which shot me some indictment. I'm really excited about. And to celebrate, MSW Media Inc. is launching a new podcast. What? Yes, it is called It's Complicated. And the hosts are Renato Mariotti and Asha Rangappa. Oh my God, that's fantastic. Congratulations. Welcome to the family. Yes, and I'm going to be talking with them about their first episode, which drops today, a little bit later in this show. So you don't want to miss that interview. Just a couple of election updates. Lauren Boebert has pulled ahead and then came back down a little up in Colorado's third district. So she did pull ahead. Uh, There are still some ballots out from Pueblo. It's still pretty close. There'll probably be an automatic recount. We'll see how it goes. But that, I just wanted to kind of give everybody an update on that. But the House is still in in play. In fact, MSNBC took their projected House, you know, model from 222 for Republicans to 221. So they subtracted one there. But there are still multiple races yet to be called. And we also still don't know what's going to be happening in Nevada or Arizona with regards, you know, with regard to Mark Kelly and and Katie Hobbs down in Arizona. And then, of course, 
we're watching Masto, that yep. Senate race pretty closely Very up in, in closely. Vegas. It looks good for the Democrats, but we need to win one to maintain control of the Senate. If to, to have the runoff be to maintain control of the Senate. If we win two, we've got control. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. So with, with all that, uh, anything else that you've noticed? Uh, I know that there was a, um, a great speech today by POTUS. And, you know, we're talking about, and I think uh, what I love is the media is now talking about how wrong everybody was and how this, the focus uh, in this election was on democracy and choice and climate and the kids came out. Absolutely. And I think that's the big thing. And what POTUS said is that the kids did come out. And uh, I don't think that people know that this isn't just a nod to the youth. They have sat down, had roundtables with youth organizations. They continue to do that. They interact with them on social media. This isn't a a fluke. And for Republicans to say uh, the youth voted for Democrats because Democrats told them to, that's the Republicans knowing that youth won't do anything they don't want to just because someone told them to. So that's also calling calling them stupid. Uh, yeah, which is probably not a good strategy. And then also, you know, if if anyone tries to tell you, oh, the youth votes down, look, only a certain percentage of people 18 to 29 showed up. That's because pretty much no Republican kids showed up. Yeah. All the Democrats did. So, you know, sorry if you hate kids. It's not a problem. (laughs) Uh, All right. We have (laughs) we have a lot of news to get. We love a fetus. We hate a kid. And then, you know, of course, I think there's people out there's Republicans out there saying, oh, change the voting age to 21. Like, okay, let's just stop. Just shut up. We know that you want fewer people to vote. You don't have to hide it anymore. We do have a lot of news to get to. And there's some pretty good news today. So let's hit the hot notes. Hot notes. All right. Former President Donald Trump's lawyers who accused Hillary Clinton and dozens of other people of engaging into a conspiracy in a conspiracy to harm his reputation were sanctioned by a federal judge who laid into him, bench slapped them, calling their lawsuit frivolous and politically motivated. Alina Haba, one of Trump's most outspoken attorneys and other lawyers involved in the case, were ordered to pay the court $50,000 and to pay a guy named Charles Dolan, who's just one of the 31 defendants, $16,274 in legal fees and costs. Quote, the rule of law is undermined by the toxic combination of political fundraising with legal fees paid by political action committees, reckless and factually untrue statements by lawyers at rallies and in the media, and efforts to advance a political narrative through lawsuits without factual basis or any cognizable legal theory. Hoo-hoo! Hot. Hot. And, quote, lawyers are enabling this behavior. Haba didn't respond to requests for comments. Shocking. (laughs) Because she's in the burn unit. I'm so sorry to hear that. (laughs) Yeah, sizzle. Middlebrooks, a Bill Clinton appointee, dismissed Trump's suit in September, calling it a manifesto. He was even harsher in his ruling on Dolan's motions for sanctions, saying the failings of the lawsuit were basic and obvious and the lawyer's conduct was willful, not simply negligent, meaning you're not dumb, you're a fucking dick. (laughs) 31 individuals, quote, and organizations were summoned to court, forced to hire lawyers to defend against frivolous claims. The only common threat against them was Mr. Trump's animus. Trump's suit repeated many of his grievances over the FBI's 2016 investigation and Mueller's investigation, alleging the entire problem was the result of a Democratic-led conspiracy to undermine his presidency and tarnish his reputation. He won. Along with Clinton... He named former Federal Bureau of Investigation Director Comey, Clinton campaign chair Podesta, British intelligence ex-agent Christopher Steele, many others, Pete Strzok, Andy McCabe, the Oars, like everyone, everyone. 
Clinton and other defendants are also seeking sanctions against Trump and his lawyers. That group filed a joint motion for fees and costs totaling more than a million bucks. The judge hasn't ruled yet on that request. Now, Middlebrooks noted in his ruling that many flaws in Trump's complaint filed in March under the civil version of racketeering, normally used against organized crime, were correctly highlighted by Clinton in her motion to dismiss. But when Haba amended the suit in an effort to address its shortcomings, she merely added irrelevant details and new defendants. (laughs) That's what the judge said. (laughs) Quote, this cannot be attributed to incompetent lawyering. It was a deliberate use of the judicial system to pursue a political agenda. Now, Trump and Haba have repeatedly attributed rulings against them to a broader effort by allegedly partisan judges to unfairly punish Republicans in court. Haba previously asked Middlebrooks to recuse himself because he was appointed by the lead defendant's husband, a request the judge denied. So they're just they're fucked. And I, good. Just, I just don't understand how these lawyers, these Republican lawyers, think they're going to get ahead in any way by insulting the judge when they're in their courtroom. They're fucking dumb, dude. Oh, they're just dumb and willfully dicks. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, the Justice Department on Thursday urged a federal judge to expedite the criminal trial of Peter Navarro, who, as we know, is the former Trump White House aide charged with defying a subpoena from the January 6th committee. Speed is important, Assistant U.S. Attorney Raymond Holser said, because it might force Navarro to cooperate with the select committee before it dissolves at the end of the year. And we've talked about that when the new Congress comes in, whoever that is, regardless of who has the House, this dissolves. And one of the badasses of that whole thing, Cheney, won't even be here. Now, uh, this is a quote. I'm here to express that strong desire by the U.S. attorney to try the case, if possible, while the committee is in existence, Holster said, calling the trial a catalyst for Navarro's cooperation. Mm. Yep. I think I disagree with that. And I think the judge does, too. Yeah. And the quote continues, as we all know, the trial of matters makes things very pointed, he said. If there is any possibility that a person can be convinced by the pressing nature of a criminal trial to say, okay. I'll go and I'll answer questions. I will provide documents. We would like this to be the catalyst. Now, Holster added that such cooperation wouldn't negate the criminal charges against Navarro. But U.S. District Court Judge Amit Mehta bristled at the suggestion, just like AG did, that the criminal proceedings could be a tool to aid the select committee's investigation. Mehta said, I don't want these proceedings to be a lever in the way the U.S. attorney suggested it might be. Navarro was indicted earlier this year for refusing to comply with select committee's subpoena for documents and testimony related to his involvement with efforts to help Donald Trump subvert the results of the 2020 election. The panel wants to interview him about his involvement in uh, strategizing with Republican members of Congress to lodge challenges to the electoral votes of numerous states won by Joe Biden. Navarro claimed he couldn't testify because his conversations with Trump were subject to executive privilege, prospect the House rejected when it voted to hold him in contempt of Congress in the spring. DOJ's suggestion that the contempt trial could be a tool to coerce Navarro's testimony to the select committee was unusual. Typically, Congress has viewed criminal contempt referrals as purely punitive, meant to punish those who defy its will, not to ultimately obtain their testimony or records. So when lawmakers want to coerce testimony from a a recalcitrant witness, they're traditionally filed a civil lawsuit, not going about it this way, that's for sure. Yeah, and that was one of the things that they brought up in the Bannon trial. When he was like, oh, OK, I just got a letter from Trump saying I don't have to have executive privilege anymore so I can go talk to the committee. And the DOJ was like, no, you can't. This is punitive. This isn't coercive. So it's just weird that they would <laughs> like in the two contempt cases, they would use opposing arguments. Yeah, it I is know. very strange. Yeah, I, I would uh, I would uh, sit down and have a long chat with that AUSA, whoever that was. 
All right. The InfoWars conspiracy broadcaster Alex Jones must pay the families of eight Sandy Hook shooting victims an additional $473 million. This is in punitive damages for defaming them. That's a judge in Connecticut bringing the total damages to nearly $1.5 billion. As we know, last month, a jury in Waterbury, Connecticut, awarded the families and FBI agent implicated in Jones' false claims $965 million in compensatory damages. Well, this is punitive now. They also awarded the families those damages in the form of lawyers' fees, punitive damages, to be calculated by the judge. And the $473 million award by Judge Barbara Bellis, is that's, the, that's what she says it's worth. Earlier this year, a judge in Texas ordered Jones to pay the parents of Sandy Hook victims, another Sandy Hook victim, $50 million in the first of three trials. So this he's only gone to two now. So, judge Bellis also froze Mr. Jones's personal assets, issuing an order saying he's not to transfer, encumber, dispose, or move his assets out of the United States until further order the court. And a hearing on that matter is scheduled for December 2nd. Merry fucking Christmas, Alex. In all likelihood, Jones does not have the money to pay such vast awards. A forensic economist estimated his net worth was worth a maximum of $270 million as he was entering bankruptcy. Mr. Jones claimed that the debt of $54 million owed to a company he controls made him insolvent. Wrong. Wrong. I love that. All right, this last story. Elon Musk, in his first address to Twitter Inc., the employees of the company, since purchasing the company for $44 billion, said that bankruptcy was a possibility. That's according to a personal familiar with this matter. Yoel Roth, Robin Wheeler, two executives who until today had emerged as part of Elon Musk's new leadership team. Well, they resigned, according to another person familiar with the matter, who asked not to be identified, obviously because they don't want to go public with this. Musk pushed out most of Social Network's top executive team when his acquisition closed last month. Well, Roth had since taken over all the Social Network's trust and safety efforts, while Wheeler, a sales vice president, had recently stepped up to oversee relations with jittery advertisers. I like they use the word jittery, that they were concerned about the content, as they should be. Yes, let's not get rid of Nazis. Let's give them a verification. The social network has a significant debt burden from the acquisition and has been a pullback from some advertisers that are concerned about Musk's plans for content moderation because he doesn't fucking have any. The information and platformer earlier reported Musk's bankruptcy statement. Musk also told staff on the call that the days of free food and other perks are over at Twitter's offices. Okay. Well, in discussing Twitter's finances and future, he said the company needed to move with urgency to make its $8 subscription product, Twitter Blue, something users will want to pay for given the pullback by advertisers impacting revenue. That's been a shit show, by the way. Earlier Thursday, Twitter's chief information security officer, chief privacy officer, and chief compliance officer all departed, raising concerns about the company's ability to keep its platform secure and comply with regulatory rules. Twitter is currently bound by a consent decree with the Federal Trade Commission that <laughs> regulates how the company handles user data and could be subject to fines or violations. I so decree. Yeah. And that's, that's a big deal. The, the, the consent decree is a big fucking deal. He's not supposed yeah. to do any of this. It's yeah. illegal. Yeah, and he, the, the blue check system is just in the toilet now. There was a Rudy Giuliani on there going do it, posting a bunch of stuff. It wasn't Rudy. There was a Pfizer saying the insulin was now free. There was a Joe and Biden telling people to suck his dick. I mean, it was a mess. Yeah, there's a there's <laughs> That might a have Jesus. actually been Joe Biden's account. I'm not sure. 
There's a <laughs> Dude, dark Brandon, suck my dick. Suck my dick. <laughs> That's fucking awesome. <laughs> there's a there's a verified Jesus. Yeah. Now and then, of course, there was a LeBron. Uh, this like King James came out and put out a tweet that he was leaving and going back to Cleveland. Like. Jo- it's dojo cat the real dojo cat changed her name to christmas and she's like oh shit i don't i'm stuck please don't make me be christmas forever like it's <laughs> been hilarious yeah it's a shit show so everyone i am gonna stay until the bitter end and we're gonna come up with a plan if that thing just crashes and burns i feel like we're all on a plane together that's going down but we'll be here at the daily beans we will figure out an exit plan we will go somewhere I th- i'm right now i'm working on something over on uh the Muller She Wrote website. Like, remember the old message boards? Yeah. Yeah. I'm working on something like that with my web designer. Nice. So I'm I'm excited and we can bring everybody over there. Uh, but we will need content moderators. So <laughs> I don't know. Uh, you know, I could just ban certain words, but uh, that that is that gets weird. Anyway, we'll figure it out. But I'm here. The beans isn't going anywhere. I'm also on Facebook at Allison Gill. Facebook sucks. I know, but I'm there. And it's not going down in flames. So uh, Same here. I'm on Facebook, DG Comedy, and Instagram. I know a lot of you started following after the last time we announced it. My handle there is also DG Comedy. It's pretty easy. And you get to see pictures there. You not just hear my voice or see my words. You actually get to see a little bit of our life on Instagram. (laughs) I'm thinking of turning my Instagram into a Twitter where I just type out 280 character notes, take a picture of it, and put it up on Instagram. (laughs) Pretty fucking hilarious. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I'm also on Instagram at Muller. She wrote, it's the same, uh, but I'm not verified there. You'll just have to trust that it's me. Same, same. <laughs> so anyway, the sooner we realize, the sooner we realize, and I t- I've been tweeting this out, that Elon was sent to destroy Twitter, the more sense everything he does makes. I've been saying it for a long time now. He, he was put into just like Trump. He was installed to destroy us. But we do have some good news. And if you have any good news you want to send us, you can do it at dailybeanspod.com and click on contact. But before the good news, we're going to be talking with Asha Rangappa and Renato Mariotti from the new podcast, It's Complicated. Be right back. After these messages, we'll be right back. Hey, everybody. It's AG, and I'm here to talk about AG. Athletic Greens and AG1, I started taking it about like a year and a half ago because I wanted more energy and optimized immune system. And it's the easiest habit I've ever picked up. I just put a delicious scoop of it in a cup of water every morning, and I get 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help start my day. The special blend of ingredients supports gut health, nervous system, recovery, immune system, aging, focus, everything. Everything. It covers everything. And we want to thank Athletic Greens for their support. Right now, they're offering you a free one-year supply, one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase when you go to athleticgreens.com slash dailybeans. Athletic Greens is far less expensive than the 25 different supplements and probiotics I had to have taken up space in my cabinet and my refrigerator. It kickstarts my day. I take it first thing in the morning before the gym. It's also lifestyle friendly. So if you're keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free, it's still great. It contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no chemicals, no artificial anything. So reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop every morning and a cup of water. It's delicious. That's it. And to make it easy, they're going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash dailybeans. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash dailybeans to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. 
Woke AF Daily is your much-needed wake-up call in a weary world. Get woke with my bevy of special guests from the worlds of news and politics, arts, entertainment, and spirituality. Where else can you start the conversation on the latest headlines and end on the importance of rest and mindfulness? Where else can you hear a sitting member of Congress one day and a practicing yogi the next? Where else can you take in the world filtered through the powerful voice of a black queer woman? Where else but Woke AF Daily with me, Danielle Moody. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. I am happy to be joined today by none other than Asha Rangappa and Renato Mariotti, who are coming out with a brand new podcast on MSW Media called It's Complicated. Asha, hi. Renato, hello. Hi. Hey, how you doing? It's a weird, weird day. I'm doing really well. I'm very happy because there was no red wave. I've been calling it light spotting. (laughs) And, uh, we did so much better than I expected. And, uh, you know, we, I think we we all worked really hard in the run up to this election. And then, you know, there's a bunch of other stuff going on that, we, you know, we're trying to keep up in the news. And that's why I wanted to talk to you today, because your episode premieres when? Tomorrow. Yeah, Friday. That's that's actually right now, because this we're recording this on Thursday. But this episode drops on Friday. So it is available right now. You just go search. It's complicated wherever you get your podcasts. And Just a couple of the things, and I don't want to give too much away, but some of the stuff that you talk about is on your first premiere episode. (laughs) One of my favorite topics, because I've had so many questions about this, and I know that you're going to be able to answer a lot of them in today's first episode of It's Complicated, and that's the Kash Patel immunity deal. And, uh, you know, at first I was like, how could the Department of Justice go to the judge and say he can't plead the fifth? I've never heard anybody you know, I've, I'm not a lawyer and I haven't been following the law for more than a few years, but I've never heard any prosecutors go to a judge and say, he can't plead the fifth on this. Why, why would you not be able to plead the fifth? It seems like a pretty, I mean, I guess the judge agrees with me. It seems like a pretty broad constitutional right. Well, if, if Asha was having wine and fries and I asked her what kind of wine that she had with her fries, uh, for example, that would not, she couldn't take the fifth because it's not a crime to drink wine, at least uh, I think in the state of Connecticut. Yet. Not yet in the state <laughs> of Connecticut. Maybe when it's the state of Gilead or something. But for for right for right now, it's still legal. So so that would be okay. Uh, and I, a lot of times, you do have a situation when you're a prosecutor where you're dealing with a, uh, a stubborn witness who doesn't want to testify, and they're saying they're going to take the fifth. And you're like, "There's you can't take the fifth as to that. There's no you couldn't possibly have." any adverse penal interests that would come out of that. In other words, you're not going to go to prison potentially based on that answer. And in this circumstance, obviously a judge disagreed as to Cash Patel, and that's how we got into the situation. But usually if the Justice Department is trying to convince you that you couldn't possibly commit a crime, that's usually what the witness wants to hear. And often gets it gets resolved that way. Like, okay, if you're that convinced that I'm just a witness, if, if you're giving me those levels of assurances, then maybe we can both be on the same page there. So, Renata, you're saying prosecutors do challenge it. It just doesn't get to the it doesn't escalate to the point that it did in this situation normally. Correct. It exactly. Actually, the way it plays out is often more like the Christina Bob situation where Christina Bob is like, I was super truthful when I said I didn't really know what was there. And I just put as my personal knowledge because I was being told by so-and-so. So I was all on the straight and narrow. And the Justice Department's like, that's right. You're a total truth teller. We're going to roll with that and just not charge you. And 
like you all it's it's often in the val in in a situation where you have witnesses it's it's often in the government's best interest and the witnesses best interest to just figure out early on that if you're not trying to target that person if you're the prosecutor like you just can work with them work with them and get to the yeah. same place yeah yeah it looks kind of sounds like maybe Kash Patel, uh, some of the answers to those questions could be the building blocks for for criminal prosecution, which is, I think, what the judge was trying to say. So, like, if they ask, like, did you de- did Trump declassify these documents? I mean, you know, I've always I've long wondered, did, did Kash Patel see any of these documents and was he allowed to? And and, um, you know, I mean, there's all I, and the other thing I was thinking is, how can you not find a crime? that Kosh Patel <laughs> committed to, 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 to squeeze them with. But, you know, I, there's so much that we don't know about this. So it's, it's really going to be interesting. Asha, what, what is like, does that immunity give him immunity for everything or is it pretty limited? It's use immunity. So it's that DOJ cannot use any of his statements as a basis if they do end up building a case on him. They would have to construct, they would have to have a parallel case constructed. But Renato, I mean, I don't want to give away, I don't want to have our spoilers, but yeah. it becomes a little bit complicated, right? Um, <laughs> <laughs> and hence our, the, the title of our, our podcast. Exactly. Every once in a while, does somebody just come in and say, do you have like a hype man who just jumps in and says, it's complicated and then like takes we off need again. that. We should. <laughs> because it is it really is nothing is ever black and white everything is nuanced and that's why i think this podcast is so important and why i'm so excited to work with you guys because you know all the time there's just people who are like well it's it's you know it's either this or this and they're like well no it could be these other six things and it might not work out that way and i think that a lot of people base their concept of justice and what they'll be satisfied with with regard to justice on one result or another, and it usually ends up somewhere in between. I mean, we can look at, I've got the Mueller report right behind me. Mm. <laughs> there were a lot of great things and a lot of errors, and it came out in the middle somewhere uh, the, where none of us thought it would go. And so that's why I really am looking forward to these longer form conversations about how complicated this stuff really is. Yeah. And yeah. I think that was our idea is that, you know, there are just a lot of nuances and often good arguments or or, you know, sub threads, if you will, that get very difficult to explain on a Twitter thread even, um, or just a soundbite. And so it's fun. And by the way, Renato and I were law school classmates and we just have a good rapport. I think we kind of, we, we sometimes come at things from different angles, but I think we're generally on the same wavelength. So it's a fun discussion always. 100%. Well, I, I, I can't wait to hear it. And then you're also going to be talking about uh, uh, Elon Musk and, and Twitter and um, some legal questions I have. I mean, he's right now, doesn't he have like, and I don't know the legal terms of art here, but doesn't he have an FEC babysitter? Isn't he under some sort of agreement where he can't do stuff without getting permission? And I feel like he's doing stuff without getting permission. <laughs> he's got an FTC consent decree. And basically, that's it. Yeah, consent. There decree. You go. <laughs> so basically, before he does anything that's going to have privacy or security implications, he's supposed to get it, you know, signed off by the FTC. He hasn't done that. Obviously, he's made a lot of changes recently. We just had uh, the chief Compliance officer and then the CISO chief information security officer and chief privacy officer all resigned. And the statement from the legal uh, head of legal is that Elon's willing to take on a huge amount of risk because he 
puts, uh, you know, he flies rockets to the moon. And so he's just all about risk. Uh, that's not what lawyers like. I don't are. like, I think it's also what NASA doesn't want to hear. Um, <laughs> frankly, like, <laughs> yeah, you have to wonder, pretty prepared. Like, now I'm wondering about the spaceships, right? <laughs> exactly. They seem pretty prepared before they go into space. I'm not sure that that's really, uh, but you know, I mean, it, it, it stands to reason and it makes sense based on, you know, my personal theories, which might seem a little conspiratorial. I think he's here to dismantle Twitter because it's a great marketplace of ideas. A lot of things have been um, shared on Twitter, happen on Twitter. They move a lot of uh, politics. We, we, we can do a lot with, with that platform. And, uh, you know, it's also been policed for disinformation. And I think that that's a problem for some folks on the globe, in the globe. So, you know, I'm really looking forward to that conversation too. So tell us how often the podcast comes out. Does it come out every week? Is it, is it Friday mornings? Like, tell me more and where people can find it. Yes, the podcast comes out every Friday into your uh, feed. If you're uh, Twitter, if you're uh, following us on Twitter, you're probably going to see us tweet about it. But it's certainly going to be available wherever you get your podcast, and it's also going to be available on YouTube. So check us out, uh, and I think you'll see if you watch the YouTube version, you might see some of our special guests, uh, like pancake uh who is a new addition to the randapa family henry uh and dolly who if you watch my if you check out my twitter feed you're probably familiar with both of them well thank you so much for for being here today and talk to me there's pancake hi pancake i really appreciate it and um i'm really looking forward to to listen it's out now everyone you can go here it. it's called it's complicated thank you so much asha renato i appreciate your time today thank, thank you, you. Everybody stick around. We'll be right back with the good news. Welcome to Democracy-ish. I'm Danielle Moody. I am Wajahat Ali. And my God, is 2022 starting off with a banger. And Democracy-ish is going to be here to be your official guide out of the gaslight and the crazy. We will try our best to navigate this hellscape as our freedoms and democracy under active assault. We will take you through the gauntlet with humor and hope and frustration and pain and allow you not to be gaslit. That is your new Democracy-ish. Hi, I'm Frances Callier. And I'm Angela V. Shelton. And we're Frangela. You know what you need in your life? Hmm. The Final Word Podcast. Yes, you do. That's right. It is the final word on all things political and pop cultural. Where we make real news real funny. Where we inspire you so you can hashtag resist. Subscribe and get a new episode of The Final Word Podcast each week. It's the news we think you need to hear. That's right. We think you need to hear it. Okay? Yeah, it's what we say so. That's right. And because all we do is give, every Thursday you can listen to our hysterical podcast, Idiot of the Week. We round up the stupid because you know what? Somebody has to. Okay. All we do is give. Everybody, welcome back. It's time for the good news. Who likes good news, everyone? Then good news, everyone. Good news, good news. And if you have any good news, confessions, corrections, Halloween photos, uh, you want to say your Twitter goodbyes and tell us where you're going, uh, or you want to give a shout out to a business or a friend's business or somebody that you love that's just awesome, kind of like a, a Beans Heroes, anything you want to send us, do it at dailybeanspod.com and click on contact. A couple of housekeeping things. 
Dana's going to be out next week for a couple days. She'll be here Tuesday and Friday, but it'll be me solo for the rest of the days next week because you are traveling and doing fun stuff. Yeah, even though the midterms are over, we've got a lot of money to raise, especially because HRC, I know, is going to help do everything they can after the runoff in Georgia. So we've got two galas before then. I've got Chicago and Boston. And so... Um, we're going to raise some more money. Plus, we've got a lot of work ahead of us because 2024 is going to be here before we know it. Yep. The work never ends. I'm, I've been just kind of chilling, taking a little bit of a break and, and uh, enjoying the, uh, the victory, the, de- the victory for democracy um, that we just worked really hard for. And um, then it's time to roll up the sleeves and get back to work. So thank you, my friend, for the work that you're doing. It's Absolutely. so important. Absolutely. All right. First up from Janine. This is the best and clearest one. This is the best I've seen. (laughs) Thor's hammer. Mjolnir. 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 Mule plus near. Mjolnir. Thank you, Janine. And from Patrick, pronouns he and him. Hello, free advocates of democracy. Fierce. Excuse me. Free. Hello, free advocates. We are also free advocates. Those are like free free radicals that attack the skin. We're staging a coup or selling a face cream. Okay, <laughs> wow. Truth about cats and dogs just came out of my mouth. Just can love your pets. Just don't love your pets. <laughs> it looked up and down my face, and now I got a rash. All right, you can love your animals. <laughs> just don't love your animals. <laughs> Us. Them. them. Us. Them. <laughs> I love Janine Garofalo. <laughs> She's one of my fucking heroes, dude. I swear to God. If you haven't seen Truth About Cats and Dogs, people, do yourself the favor. Uh, Hello, fierce advocates of democracy. As a resident of Michigan, Patrick, congratulations. Your fucking state is awesome. Yep. I totally enjoyed the blue wave that happened here on Tuesday. It's amazing. Both chambers of the state legislature flipped. Here's why that happened. This is the first election where the district lines were drawn by a neutral commission and not gerrymandered by a state house and Senate. Wow. Fancy that. When the GOP-led state legislature lost their power to keep themselves in office, we voted them out of office. All credit goes to the activists who got their signatures to put that district drawing commission in as a ballot measure during the last election. It seems like a simple thing, but it made a huge difference. Year next, Wisconsin. Side note, the answer to the mystery about why NBC has a Senate score of 49 to 48 when there were four uncalled races is Alaska. Oh. Even though that state is uncalled, both of the finalists are Republicans. Got it. (laughs) So NBC gave them credit for that seat already. Thank you, dude. Patrick, you know stuff. That's super helpful. All right. This is from Dan. Oh, oh my God. I know. Let's talk about it. Dan pronouns he him. First, a notable lack of correction. I enjoyed hearing a well-pronounced reference to rhymes with Salon. Salon. Yep. Say it again. Sawin. Sawin. The doctor from Halloween could take a lesson. However, I meant to write in yesterday when you said something about nonprofits being disallowed from campaigning. While this is generally true, it seems to be specific to candidacies and irrelevant for ballot initiatives like Kentucky's defeated Amendment 2. Anyway, it's also great to hear the AGDG friendship getting along like my sister's dog and cousin's frog. <laughs> I mean, I think we're getting along a little better than that. The dog seems skeptical, and we're both pretty seems, comfortable. The dog seems super skeptical. At best. But that, that's um, yeah, amazing. There is a, Dan, there's a 501c3 and a 501c4. Yep. And one can talk about politics, and the other one really kind of can't. Yep, and we've got... um. Uh, HRC has both arms, which is why I they can do both, which is which is kind of nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, most of the nonprofits we had on the show, Voters of Tomorrow, AAPI Victory Fund, uh, Health, uh, all like they're all they all have a uh, one both, so yeah. that they can do both. Yeah. 
All right. Next up from uh, Anonymous, pronoun she and her. Hi, ladies. I was listening today to the podcast when you brought up what a nice man Joe Biden is. Well, I've got a story for you. Oh, back in 2020, I was driving with my mother-in-law before the election and we were talking about Trump and Biden running. She votes Republican because of religious views and whatnot. Growing up in a union household, I have a very left-leaning views. I have very left-leaning views. Anyways, I brought up that I was voting for Biden because of how nice and genuine he seems on television. And then I told her about the horror stories the staff had about coming into contact with Trump wearing masks and how he would degrade them until they took them off around him. Flash forward to a few days after the election. She told us that she had voted for Biden. Kindness always pays off. Thanks for all that you do. No pet tax, but here are my kids dressed up for Halloween this year. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, I love stories like that. I wonder where they are. It looks again. Everything looks like my where I grew up in the Midwest, totally. the umbrella, especially on Halloween. Yeah. It looks a little <laughs> Connecticut, but you know, maybe not. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And these kids are adorbs. All right. This is from Texas liberal pronoun she, her. I have some sad news and some good news. After six years of Trump PTSD and constant political monitoring, my mental health has reached the point where I can't keep active in politics anymore. I was born in Florida, grew up in Georgia, live in Texas. This election has broken me. My God, I can understand why. But I'll continue being a Democrat precinct chair and an all-election judge. I will contribute. I will put my hope in the next gen while waiting for the last one to pass away. Well fucking said. Mm -hmm. My first step was to stop the dozen political podcasts that I listen to daily. But, and here's the good news. I'm keeping the Daily Beans, Mueller, She Wrote, Clean Up on Aisle 45, and Opening Arguments. Boom. (laughs) It's a nice foursome. For pet tax, here's a pic of my mother's dog, Madison, who thinks she's a lap dog, keeping mom warm during the big freeze, otherwise known as Snowmageddon. Mm. Here, that was here, caused by GOP neglect and corruption. The other pics are my grand dog, Bella. Sweet pity, living with my daughter in Denver. I've forbidden her from coming back to Texas while the GOP is in control. Thank you both for what you do. Those of us who can't do it really need people like you. Keep us going. Oh, thanks, Texas liberal. Oh, my God. A.G., look at the pity's face. You're like the only person I know who gives up politics by still being a precinct chair and an election judge and listening to four political podcasts. That's a lot. That's a lot, Texas. Now I'm interested in what what you were doing before, but I totally get it. Beto, I just, it kills me that Beto didn't win. (gasps) I know. Look at this pit bull. The labs, I mean, this, but this. Oh, this last photo. I know. I love how absolutely. I know me too. Pebbles are so cute. Thank you for that submission. Seriously. And thank you for all you do. Next up from Susie Creates, pronoun she and her. After many years of listening, since almost the kitchen table days of Muller, she wrote, I finally feel like I owe you all a backlog of patronage. So I subscribed to the highest tier I could afford for the next year. In addition, I felt now was a good time and appropriate day to use this as a big thank you to the whole team. And thank you to AG for being a proud veteran and continuing the good fight for our democracy through the services of this podcast. You are my primary listen every morning. Susie, thank you. Attached for Veterans Day. That's right. It's Veterans Day today. Uh, our photos from my visit to D.C. I was lucky to have a D.C. themed photo shoot dressed as my favorite cosplay character. This also happened to be my birthday. I was blessed to meet some amazing veterans and active service people, take tons of photos with kiddos, and photobomb on request. The end of a promotion ceremony at the Lincoln Memorial. It was the perfect day. These are so awesome, Susie. 
Wow, Susie. And you look amazing. (laughs) Right? Jesus. Oh, fuck yes. I love that it looks like you've been photoshopped in these photos and you're not. That you're there. It's amazing. The photo bomb in the back is is awesome. Oh my God. This is um this is so great. It really is. Susie, thank you. Do you make these costumes? Send us a message. I might need one for Comic-Con because <laughs> I'm sorry. That's a that's an incredible costume. Yes, it is. I'm sorry I started laughing at an opportune moment. I scrolled to the last picture and that was just a mistake. <laughs> um, this is from Anonymous. Pronouns she, her. Hey, Beans, Queens. Oh, I see. Yeah. I, see. <laughs> I told you. This is Susie. This isn't, this isn't your photos. This is the next submissions. Yeah, this is the next submissions photos. I made the mistake of scrolling. My good news is that I went with my husband to vote this year. He's a lifelong Republican but I've been working opening his eyes to how that hurts our country and specifically his wife and daughter. On her way, he asked me, do I just vote the straight Democrat ticket this year? Nice. Overturning Roe on January 6th were finally a bridge too far for him. On our drive home, he said, I grew up and I always thought I'd be Republican. They're just all dicks now. (laughs) It may not have made a difference this year in my deep red state, but it did help keep uh, my school board from being taken over by Moms for Liberty. For my pet tax, I'm including my sweet boy Zeus He's annoyed, but adorable in his Christmas pajamas. I mean, he's so awesome. The haircut, everything. It looks like he's doing the, the thing where you know you like, like put your mouth over to one side, like hmm. yeah. What, what was her name? The gymnast, Michaela. Yeah, yeah. That's totally what it, it looks like. He got it, the bronze medal at the Olympics, and he's pissed. He kind of looks like a llama, like a little alpaca or something. He's fucking adorable. Oh, he's really, really cute. I think. Oh my god. Beautiful tree, beautiful house. I love the yeah. blue colors and everything. That's lovely. It seems very calm. I look like it looks like you've created a very calm place for yourself in, in that red district that you live in, my friend. Congratulations and happy holidays. And just we need more Zeus photos. Would you agree? Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Just send on the deuce. The deuce, the Zeus. Oh <laughs> deuce. The deuce. Send on the deuce. <laughs> and uh and more pibbles from, from oh, the earlier yes, submission. Please. And uh, if you create these costumes, Susie creates, you definitely need to let us know. Hell yeah. I need, I need that outfit just for wearing around the house. Honestly. Oh my God. Oh no. But next time I go to DC, I want to do that. I just want to photobomb everybody at the fucking Lincoln Memorial. with it. <laughs> Do it. <laughs> it's an incredible outfit. All right. I can't I keep... A friend of mine wears a Tigger costume, like a full Tigger costume everywhere she goes. Like she has pictures in Thailand and pictures in all these countries as Tigger, like with these like really <laughs> important people and she's just bringing him joy, but she literally travels around in a Tigger costume. That's so fantastic. Yeah. I love, I, just, I love everyone right now. I'm just so happy this week. I, I, it's been a really hard few months, you know? Yeah. And I, uh, I think it's, I think we should uh, all revel and a little bit of happiness for a while because okay. this happiness is lasting longer than that morning of January 6th happiness from Ossoff and Warnock winning. Oh, yeah. It only lasted like an hour. Uh-huh. Now I think we get like the weekend. So let's take it and enjoy it. Do you have any uh, final thoughts before we get out of here? Not for today. All right. Everybody, I'll be back this weekend, obviously, with the wrap-up show for patrons. That's a, a weekly thing that I do where we talk about trends in the news and what's coming up next week. And... um I'll be back Monday and Dana and I'll be back Tuesday. Until then, everybody, please take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. Take care of the planet. Take care of your mental health. Vote blue over Q. And register someone someone with you. 
I just totally talked over you. What was that about? That's my line. I felt what like happened? You weren't even here. Why well, no? Like you weren't even here. I don't understand. Let's just I wrap it you. up. They should get to hear that. Love you too. I'm AG. I'm DG. And them's the beans. <laughs> Bye. The Daily Beans is written and executive produced by Allison Gill with additional research and reporting by Dana Goldberg and Amy Carrero. Sound design and editing is by Desiree McFarlane with art and web design by Joel Reeder with Moxie Design Studios. Music for The Daily Beans is written and performed by They Might Be Giants and the show is a proud member of the MSW Media Network, a collection of creator-owned podcasts dedicated to news, politics, and justice. For more information, please visit mswmedia.com. MSW Media. <laughs>